Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity that we have in your presence. Please guide us by your spirit and help us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Are you glad to be in church? Tonight we are looking at prophetism. (laughs) Prophetism is about prophets. Anything that has to do with a prophet, and that happens in and around prophetic um, things, is prophetism. All right? Are you there? Good. Now, one of the things that, how many want to be prophets? One of the things that prophets, as you are becoming a prophet, one of the things you must learn about is about interpreting signs. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus said something um, in uh, Luke. Let's look at Matthew chapter 16. In fact, several times he, he, he made some comments about um, a sign. But he answered and said, Matthew chapter 12, verse 39, it says, He answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. But there shall be no, excuse me, there shall be no sign given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three months in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. All right? Then in Matthew 16, the Pharisees, in verse 1, also with the Sadducees came tempting him that he would show them a sign from heaven. And he answered and said unto them, While it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today. For the sky is red and lowering. Oh, ye hypocrites, you can descend the face of the sky. 
but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, but there shall be no sign given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. Amen. Are you there? Now, in Luke chapter 11, verse 29, the Bible says, And when the people were gathered thick together, he began to say, This is an evil generation. They seek a sign. There shall be no sign given it, but the sign of Jonas, the prophet. For as Jonas was a sign unto the Ninevites, so shall the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South shall rise in judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater. Amen. Are you there? Now, this um, is very, very important. Amen. That um, the reality that, you know, men of God in the Old Testament were just called prophets. So a prophet is a, it's quite a vague term. And it is actually something that is quite uh, involves a, quite a range of things apart from just predicting the future. Are you understanding? It involves preaching. Moses was a prophet. He was a teacher, a writer. All kinds of things can be ascribed to prophets. So anything that happens in relation to prophets uh, is prophetism. And one of the things with prophets, you know, things that are prophetic is the reality of signs. Now, a sign is something that is a sign. It is noticeable on the way to who? We were driving at a place that I knew not. And suddenly I saw a yellow and black signboard. And I said, oh, that is our church. And so I asked which town, what town was that? Sokode. And I saw Lighthouse Chapel International, Sokode. If I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have come, certain things would not have come to my mind. You understand? But it made certain things come to my mind. One of them was that our church is here. And one of them is that if I'm around here on Sunday and I want to go to church, I want to go to church, right? Um, I can come here. Then another thing that occurred to me was I used to say, one day I'll be passing by a town and I don't know who is the pastor because I don't know who is the pastor in that place. Personally, I don't know him. I don't know his name. I have to find out if I want to. I have to ask. So it occurred to me that what I said, I was seeing it. And then also it occurred to me that just as I used to make comment about Church of Pentecost, that you see them everywhere and all over the place, 
that we are also seeing our church in all these places. So, several things occur to me, including a sign. It's a sign. That a sign makes you think. about uh, Most of the time when you pass by a tree, or a road, or a car, things don't occur to you. But certain things speak to you. So, a Christian who is rising into prophetism must become conscious of things that speak to you. Do you understand? Are you there? Yes. So, um, in the same way, events that take place in our lives that draw our attention. We are not supposed to just let them go by. Once it draws your attention in a particular way, then it is a sign. And Jesus said, no sign will be given them except the sign of Jonah. So that means the sign of Jonah will be given to them. And that sign is the sign that something will happen, a person will disappear into the earth for three days, and after, from the belly of darkness, he will come back living. But Jonah came back alive, and he came preaching. So the next time you see the sign of Jonah, which is the repetition of Jonah, or somebody who comes around, he's a preacher, then he goes into the belly of the earth of disappearance and returns alive to come and preach again. It's a sign of what? Of something. As a sign of judgment. Because Jonah preaching was preaching to these people to repent. Because God was about to punish them. And God changed his mind because of the preaching. But these people did not preach. They did not change their mind. So 70 years or so after, they saw the sign of Jonah. The judgment came. Not 70 years, maybe about 40. Oh no, that was 70 years. AD 70. After the death of Christ. The thing that was, they were warned about by the sign happened. It was said that blood flowed in Jerusalem like a river. From AD 70 till 1948, 14th May, 15th May. Jerusalem did not exist. <laughs> Two thousand and something years. It's a sign of judgment. That in that day, if you are having a baby, you shouldn't. You will say, "Blessed are those who don't have." Yeah. It was very wild, but you see, so that was supposed to be a message. Now, when was the Titanic? When did the Titanic happen? 19, 
14. Yes. When they build the Titanic, the Enric Joyner says that any event that draws your attention must speak to you. When the Titanic was built, it was the uh, highest, biggest achievement and accomplishment of man. Do you understand? And it sank on the first day. <laughs> huh? Something that they said could not sink. It sank on the first day. Even God cannot sink it. It sank on the first day, on the first trip, on the first journey, on the first night. So, the epitome of human accomplishment and the highest achievement of mankind at that time, engineering-wise and everything, okay, was crushed by events, by God, by whoever. It was brought to nothing. It was a sign. It drew the attention of the whole world that the world was going to experience. I mean, it should alert you to the fact that everything you have can collapse, and it was just about to collapse. After the Titanic, the Great Depression of the world came, economic depression. And the world wars came. Are you there? And they entered into the deepest, darkest depression, which they, since then they have tried to really prevent it from ever happening again. You see? But an event like that, it, it also showed the pride. Even they didn't put enough lifeboats in the thing. It's like, it can't sink. There's no need of lifeboats. They didn't train the people how to do the lifeboats because you can't sink. And the boat didn't go down suddenly. It went down slowly. There was enough time for everybody. There was no lifeboat. So they were all in the water and the water was ice block water. So they just froze to death. So when they came, they saw all the dead bodies there. And then when they gave announcement to the people to come, I mean, made the SOS come and save us, people didn't come because it cannot be. There was somebody just by them, but he didn't come because it cannot be. The Titanic must be a mistake. So arrogance, overconfidence, and all these things brought down suddenly the highest achievement and everything was brought down by that kind of... It's a sign, it's a lesson, it's a warning. And the same confidence, overconfidence, arrogance, and so on brought down the human economy and so on. So an event... That draws your attention as a person moving into prophetism. You must not let them just pass by. You must see the prophetic and spiritual meanings in things. Don't, it's not just, you, 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 look, in Isaiah, the Bible says, as I have intended it has happened. And as I have planned, it has come to pass. Let, let's look at that verse in Isaiah 14. 
It's just a short message. Did I say Isaiah 14? Yeah. Are you there? 24. 14, 24. And the Lord of hosts has sworn saying, just as I have intended, so it has happened. And just as I have planned, so it will stand. To break Assyria in my land, I will trample him upon my mountains. Then his yoke will be removed from them and his burden from their shoulder. This is the plan devised against the whole earth. And this is the hand stretched out. Now, notice verse 27. For the Lord of hosts has planned. Who can frustrate it? And as for his stretched out hand, who can turn it back? When God has stretched his hand like this, who can make his hand come back? When he has made his hand like this, he can't move his hand. Hallelujah. So it, things are happening as God has planned them. When you believe that, eh, you become more relaxed and you sort of see God's hand. So when your faith moves to the level where if everything that happens every day, you believe in God, that his hand is in it. Then, when something outstanding and unusual happens, you can now also believe that this thing is a sign. Yeah. But you see, this is for people who believe in what I'm talking about. You believe in, let's say, everything that has happened is because of God. Good things, bad things, nice things, evil things, everything. You believe that God is the one doing it. That is one level. Then, when you are at that level, when something unusual which draws your attention happens, it also sends yet. If I send, that is the one that gives you the message. The other one, you, you, you just always believe in God. But when certain events happen, you know that it's a sign for some, of something. Papa Hagen dies. Derek Prince dies. They all die around the same time. Lester Samuel dies. I mean, great general. They die quietly and they go away. It's a sign. No pastor dies unusually. Pastor Bimbo dies. It's a message. Anybody who is a woman, married, flowing around, preaching, ministering, it's a sign. Because the person sitting by her didn't die. The only person who didn't die is her assistant. Why? When, when they heard that one person had survived, everybody said Pastor Bimbo is the one who survived. But she didn't survive. Her assistant had, and when and her assistant had her wedding six weeks after. Something that everybody in the plane dies. Only you come out. Nothing is wrong with you. And you are sitting by the woman of God. You see, the sign in that, you know, I won't bother to say. I won't bother to waste my time to tell you. The, the meaning of that sign is beyond this congregation. If I say it, you will not understand it. If I say, you will misinterpret it. If I say, you can't handle it. And I don't know how spiritual you are. No, I won't say it. You, you can't handle it. You can't relate with it.
It's okay, isn't it? Yeah. Think about it. She's the preacher. She, you should have seen a program when she died, her, her achievements and her awards. Her assistant, who was not even a preacher, she's alive and moving. In fact, she said on her tape, this is my personal assistant, and she's getting married in six weeks. That was her last prophecy. The service before they boarded the plane. This is my personal assistant. She's getting married. It came to pass. When a person is into prophetism, these things don't just happen. Look, I don't know where you are. But I'm telling you, when those four aeroplanes came to crash into American superiority and American wealth, it was a sign for a spiritual person and someone who is into the prophetic prophetism. You feel the isms of the prophets. It's not something that just has happened. No, no, no. It's a sign of the impending doom of the wealth of the Western world. It's, it's about to happen. It may not be even in our lifetime, but it's coming. It can only happen because the world has never made weapons they didn't use. And they've made them. North Korea is making, this one is making, this one is making, everyone is making, everybody is making. So once you are a prophetic person, things will not just happen. Are you supernatural? Elisha, he was anointed. People came and were laughing at his, his hair. Don't laugh at any man of God, even his natural weaknesses. He cursed them. And immediately two bears from nowhere Two bears came and ate them. Hey, so it was not a natural. You, so you say that the bears came and ate these children, 42 of them. Bears just came and were oh, What an unfortunate. No, it's not unfortunate. It's not unfortunate. It was a result of a prof, an interaction with the prophet which was unfortunate. Go on, you bald head. Go on, you bald head. Hey. He lifted his hand and said, Cursed children. And he continued on his journey. Immediately, the supernatural powers that control God rules in the affairs of this world. The bears rushed out. And bears don't live there. They rush out and eat the children. When the three doctors died in Ghana, 
long row of cars. They are not moving. They are not moving. They are not moving. They are just virtually standing still. In a big four-wheel drive car. And just one car that is moving like this. And came to hit only them. And missed the driver. Hit the driver's side. Usually, the driver will be the one who may be nearer than any car that is coming. Missed the driver. Got the person behind the driver. No. The person behind the driver died. And the person in the middle died. And the person at the end didn't die. But the person on the front, furthest away from where the car came. The car came. So the car hit here and the person is here. He died. And the driver was just, came out. Oh. As the Bible said, a bear came out and ate them. It wasn't a natural thing. But you see, maybe you can't understand it. That's why, that's why I said there are some messages I don't know whether I should waste my time to talk about them with you. It's, it's not natural. In the Bible time, it was a curse that was manifesting for a reason of laughing at the pastor's boldness. Laughing at his head. Making fun of him. Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know how to refuse evil and choose good. Now listen on. God told Isaiah, before your child, he told him, go and sleep with your wife. That was the first instruction. And give birth. Before the child shall know how to refuse evil eh? and to choose good, right? The land that thou abhorrest shall be forsaken of both her kings. And then it goes on to say, before the child will say, Mama or Dada, it will happen. Are you there? Amen. Amen. Now, another interesting sign here is that it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin will be with child and bear a son. Are you there? A virgin will be with child and give birth. Amen. Are you listening to me? All right. So, that is why Isaiah said, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel. Because, because the Lord was using them as a sign. And he was showing that this is a child that is born. But the child is going to say mama by the age of two. So by the age of two, this problem is going to come. So watch this child. This child is a sign. The growth of the child is the sign of how closely, how close you are getting to your destruction. Before the child will say, Mama, it has happened. So as the child is now beginning to walk 
and the shadows. It means that it is nearer. So if you can't understand the sign, you'll be there and then the child will say, Mama. When you say, Mama, no. One day, the Lord told Isaiah to remove his trousers and show his bottom. So the people saw Isaiah going out with his bottoms, showing to the whole world. And the Lord said, like, I'm talking about prophetism, things related to prophets. If you are not interested in the ministry, you, should, you just don't come in the evening. And the Lord said, like, as my servant has walked about naked and barefoot three years for a sign and a wonder, so shall the king of Egypt, of Assyria, lead away the Egyptian prisoners and the Ethiopians covered, young captive, young and old, naked and barefoot, even with their buttocks uncovered to the shame of Egypt. So when you see the prophet walking about without shoes, it's a sign, it's not just that it's supposed to be a message to you. Why is God's servant, that's why I was saying that, why is God's servant dead in the plain? You were supposed to interpret something. Try to lift up your eyes above the natural. And try to be a little more spiritual and believing in supernatural things. Then when things are happening, you not just take it off. Bishop was passing by and he called me. No. No. Bears don't just jump out and eat children. It was as a result of something. You are not here by accident. It's a special thing. It's a special thing. It's a sign. Wow. Now, and the Lord said to Hosea, go and take a wife of whoredoms, a prostitute, and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom departing from the Lord. So, God said, go and marry a prostitute. It's a, it's a message to you that you have married a prostitute. You have gone away from God. So, as you see, so it looks like what prophet said that I and my children are saying, so sometimes when a prophet is before you, what he is doing is a sign. Maybe just what he is doing. Maybe what he is saying. Maybe what he is doing is a, it's a message. Just, just his marriage is a message. Maybe his life is a message. Maybe something he is doing or saying or showing or behaving. It's, it's, it's maybe speaking something. It's supposed to speak. It's supposed to minister. And you can't see, then you'll be criticized. Look at this man who calls himself a man of God. He has gone to marry. Look at the girl that he has gone to marry. Not knowing that it was a message to you that you are, you are doomed because you have gone away from God. Then he had a, a son. And in Hosea chapter 1, the Lord said unto him, I'm not giving you the verses because you like reading too much. You go and find all these things. The Lord said unto him, call his name Jezreel. 
Jezreel means God will scatter. So now the boy did outdooring, and at the outdooring, people came for the outdooring. And then the name of what is the name of your, your, your child? My name, the name of my child is God will scatter. Call his name Jezreel. Yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and I will cause to seize the kingdom of the house of Israel, and I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. Then he gave birth to a daughter. And the Lord said, and she conceived again and bare a daughter, and the Lord said, call her name Lo-Ruhama. Lo-Ruhama means what? I will have mercy no more. So when people came and they said, we want to call on daddy to give us the name of the baby. So when he came, so what is the name of your child? Lo-Ruhama. What does Lo-Ruhama mean? It means I will not have mercy again. It was supposed to be a message. I and my children are for signs and wonders. So sometimes a man of God, his life, his existence is just a message. Wow. So she conceived and bared out, and the Lord said, Call her Lo Ruhamah, for I will have no more mercy on the house of Israel, but I'll take them away. Then he gave birth to a second son, and the Lord said, Call his name. When he went for Adra, what is the name of your child? And he said, My name of my child is Lo Ami. Lo Ami, which means you are not my people. Lo Ami. So you see, Lord Ruhama is walking in town. Lo Ami is walking in town. And Jezreel, God will scatter. You are not my people. And I will not have mercy on you. So when you call that, I will not have mercy. Come. And God will scatter. Where is your father? Oh, he has gone out with you. are not my people. <laughs> it's a message. Hallelujah. Amen. So ladies and gentlemen, I believe that there are many, many signs. Isaiah, you know, um, uh, said one time, he said that the Lord God of my father, I have heard thy prayer. He told Hezekiah, I've seen thy tears. I'll deliver thee. This, this, this shall be a sign. The Lord will do this thing. I will bring back the shadow of the degrees, which is gone down in the sundial of Ahaz, 10 degrees backwards. So the sun returned 10 degrees. By which decrees it was gone down. That sign was a sign that he was going to live. Are you there? So ladies and gentlemen, this is my short message for you today. I want you to just open your spirit to receive messages. Amen. So some of you, I am a message to you. I'm a message to you. Yes. Some of the things, different things are signs. They're supposed to see. They're supposed to interpret. They're supposed to understand. Don't live a life of an unbeliever who does not know what things mean when they happen. Otherwise, you will miss God over and over. I just want to show you one last thing as we close. Today is a very short service. In 2 Kings chapter 2. Ah. 
in Second Kings. Hmm? I said in Second Kings, in First Kings, right? Chapter nineteen. So he departed, in verse 19, and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, while he was plowing with 12 pairs of oxen before him. And he was with the 12. And Elijah passed and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother then I will follow you. And he said, go back. But what have I done to you? Elijah, can I have your tie? Can I borrow your tie? Elijah threw his mantle on Elijah. And he didn't say, God has called you, God. But he understood what it means. He said, I beg you. Let me go and say bye-bye. I know it means, I know what it means. What a sign. What a sign. What a sign. Huh? What a sign. He was the last man, the 12th person. And they came and they threw. I beg you, let me go and say bye-bye. He understood it. It's a message. May you understand all the messages of the Lord. Sometimes God gives you a sign that you are about to die. And you can't interpret it. Sometimes God gives you a sign that you are going to be poor. But you can't see. <laughs> Even Abidjan that has turned into a, a war zone is a sign for us in Ghana. But we, we, we don't understand how Ghana can ever be anything but peaceful. After all, Ghanaians, they are so peace-loving. Isn't it? Ashantis love Ewes and Ewes love Ashantis and Northerners are respected by Ashantis and Fantis love Gans and Gans love Ashantis. And we live in peace. There are no conflicts in Ghana. The sign of Abidjan the sign of Abidjan. The sign. A place where 5,000 French troops were stationed has turned into one of the conflict areas of the world. Cannot be solved. Can you sit back without being a prophetic person and not understand it? Ah. It's a sign. Even the peace that we enjoy in Ghana, it's a sign. All that I see when I see President Kufo and all this book, I see something like a lease. When the lease is over, it will change. The lease of peace. But you have to be prophetic. Many years ago, when President Rawlings came, closed down the university, 7th of May, 1983. We went on a looter that day, 7th May. I always remember a scripture the Lord gave me. Because 
I was now in limbo. I didn't know what to do. And the university was going to remain closed indefinitely. And the Lord gave me a scripture. In Romans, before... In Romans. And the scripture that he gave me is this, but in another way. He said, Romans 8, he says, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So the Lord was telling me I should be spiritually minded about what has happened. I shouldn't just take it as an event, but I should be spiritually minded. My mind should work, Romans 8, 6, my mind should work spiritually about what is happening. Think spiritually. Minded. Your mind should be spiritual. Your mindedness. You should think spiritually about things. Your mind should be struck with spiritual thinking. But if you only think naturally, carnally, you will go to de- towards your death. That one year was one of the most important years of my life. That is where I had the opportunity to be in a church that was starting in London, work for the pastor to the point where he gave me the opportunity, asked me to become a pastor in his church. I learned many of the things that we do here, I learned from that church. And I became the drummer, pianist in the church. I played the piano with soloists. I was playing, they were singing. I was playing drums part of the band. I, Pastor Robert, that's where I met Pastor Robert Dodu. Who works with me now? He was in London. And we came together then. That's when we came together. I've not seen him since from one. When he left Ghana and went to Brussels. i had not seen him. But I met him there. God brought us together. I went to him and I said, come to a church. He came to the church and became the deputy head usher in the church. Grew up there. When I needed to be ordained, that's where I went. My pastor said, oh yeah, I know you. I'll ordain you. Come out. He ordained me. My ordination to the ministry is from that church. Many events, very significant in my life. And the Lord said, be spiritually minded about what is happening. Don't just take it as, I was there and then, no, no, no. Don't think in terms of chance or natural, carnal thinking. Be spiritually minded. Think spiritual. He gave that scripture to me long. I always think of it spiritually. And that's a person into prophetism. When events happen that attract your attention, don't think carnally, think spiritually. Why was I chosen? Why was I called? Why was I invited? Why was I around at that time? How come I came to be around? What am I doing here? Is it all by accident? Is it all a chance something? Why is your mind natural and carnal? Allow yourself to change and focus. Spiritually. So when the guy came and he threw the mantle on him like that, even as if I'm acting, but you, you may be surprised if you think spiritually. <laughs> yeah. You'll be surprised. Stop your canal way of analyzing 
everything. You are a fool when you do that. Look at my face carefully. When I look in my, the mirror and I see the gray hairs on my head, it's a sign. I just, it's, it's finishing. Your time, is, your time of preaching is finishing. Your time of preaching is getting to the end. It's, it's finishing. The opportunities are going. It's not going to be there forever. That's why I always tell people, what you are doing there, rush and do it. Look, I was, I was 25 years old when I was, you know when we came, I was 29 years old when we came to this place. I was in my 20s. I was in my 20s when we bought this place. We've been on it for some time. So, Elisha was moving with Elijah when they saw a chariot. Elijah told him, if you see a chariot, see, these are things for type of people. If you are not into such things, don't come for such meetings. He said, if you see me when I'm going, you got it. So, look at what happened in 2 Kings, and I'm closing. And they were going and walking and talking, and there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire. We separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven. And Elijah saw it and cried, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel. And he saw it, and, Eli and saw Elijah no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in pieces. And he took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and returned and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. And he struck the waters and said, where is the Lord God of e Elijah? And when he also struck the waters, they were divided here and there. And Elisha crossed over. When Elisha saw the chariot, these are not normal chariots. And they are not physical horses. They were spiritual horses and spiritual chariots. When he saw them, he knew. Yes, that was the sign that the anointing was coming to him. And when I was in that room some years ago in June 1988, and I heard a voice, the Lord said to me audibly, as far as I can describe what audible is, from today you can teach. And the Lord said, I will give you a sign. You are going to preach. The next time you preach, you will see that I have put something on you. And immediately, I don't know whether I was invited after, I can't really remember. Immediately after that, I was invited to preach at a full gospel breakfast meeting, out of the blue. And I preached about the new creation. It was powerful. But I always remember that preaching because it was a sign that the Lord had given me. And I saw an anointing which I'm still walking in. And when he saw the chariots, he tore his clothes. His own clothes. If I tear my clothes now, if I tear my clothes now, I will need something else to cover me. So he tore off what, you see, the sign was enough to make him move a certain way. It was enough to make him tear, he rent his clothes. You know, I see some of you sleeping, you shouldn't be here. I've seen three people sleeping. I, only that I don't want to mention your names. But right around here, 
that I, I don't like preaching to sleepy heads. Yeah. It's a sign. It's a sign, obviously, of spiritual dullness. And also, it's a sign of the absence of the call. Usually, such people are not called. Sleeping in a church. With the, in the presence of a strong anointing. You understand? It's usually a sign of, the, of not being called. Even if you are called pastor. Yeah. Or Reverend Saki. Is it not a sign? I mean, a great anointing is preaching. Benihim is there. The eagerness with which people who are looking for anointing behave. That's not how certain people behave. Surely it is a sign. That's why some of the questions that Jesus answered. Somebody said, oh, please let me go and bury my dead. And Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. Or, uh, when somebody said, I want to follow you. He said, let me first go and do this. It's like, if you want to go and follow, you are not worthy. As soon as you mention mother, father, and I've come to see, anybody you invite to the ministry and the person says, my mother, my father, usually such a person is not called to the ministry. I mean, he cannot respond to the ministry. Recently, I was somewhere and I told someone, invite this guy to come and join you in this country. I said, will he come? So when I came, he said, I heard he said his mother and his grandmother and this and that, something. I said, it will. so he's working on it also. This one, I've seen it many times. That word, my mother, my father, this, those, those words. When you say, oh, I'm having problems with my parents. It's a sign. After some time, if you've been in the ministry, you notice all of us have mothers. All of us have fathers. We came from somewhere. We all have relatives. We all have relations. That thing is a sign. I, I, I wish I can even show you those uh, three answers which are unrelated. When the person said, Jesus will say something else. But I realized that he was interpreting that it's a sign that this person will never do this work. The sleepy heads have given me windows. Are you there? Yeah. And, another, and he said to another, follow me. And the guy said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said, allow the dead, but you go and proclaim. Then another one said, I'll follow you, but permit me to say goodbye to those at home. Jesus said, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit. In other words, he was trying to say, this guy is not fit. Just by saying that I want to go and say bye-bye to those at home, what is wrong with that? He should not come. He is not fit. Just that request. So when I heard he said, my mother, I have to look after my mother and my grandmother. In fact, I have not heard grandmother before, but I heard grandmother for the first time. When I heard the word grandmother, I said, oh, this paddy man there, he is not going to be in the ministry. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? I'm ending. He, he, it was enough sign for him to remove his clothes. Some of you, God has given you opportunity, but you can't see the hand stretch out to you. That's why you have not rent your clothes. 
instead of tearing away your phlegmatism, you have kept it on. Your phlegmatic behavior and characteristic, instead of violently removing it, it is still with you. Instead of removing your 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 gun behavior. Do you know gun? When I mention your tribe and you are in it, don't just flow. Nobody will know you are from there. Nobody will know your tribe. We are all Ghanaians, but demons inhabit different areas. That's why the word principality is for an area. A principality is a regional spirit. So there are different things in different places. Guns like quarreling. They don't forgive. And especially gun women, they are liabilities many times when you marry them. It's true. That's why I said don't come in the evening. If you say, hey, 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 hey. Go out. Go out. I'm not preaching for all, all of you to hear. And yielding, never say die, never say no, never say yes, never agree, never understand. Never bend, never bow, never follow, never give in. Oh, hey. How did I get into this? <laughs> Remove your garness, your garness out of you. For God to be able, he rent what he was wearing, what covered him. He, 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 he pulled it off. Some of you are so aware that you can't be used for anything that is not aware. important. I, I am a half-caste. In Ghana, we know half-castes, half-breeds. Most half-castes are not found in churches. When I relate with you, you will not know or sense that I'm a half-caste. Or even that my mother is from Switzerland. I can speak English better than most of you, but when I'm preaching, you may think I even don't know how to preach, I, to speak English. Or to say certain words. Because I'm highly educated. And the language that I spoke in my life is English. And I'm a reader. And I, I know many things about English language and tenses and grammar and so on. And all my books, I write it myself. Nobody writes it for me. And I always correct even those who claim to have studied English in university. 
And when I'm talking with you, you will think that I have not, you would think that I have not been to school. You have to tear away certain things that are just on you. Because you have enough signs that God's power and anointing. Some of you, you are too female. You are too female for the ministry. Tear away your femaleness and just be a human being. One ministry that you do crying, weeping, emotionalism. I mean, so many things. Even if you want to travel in the ministry, you have to learn how to reduce the things that you take. You are going for two days. Look at a big, this thing that you are taking. So many, what are you going to do? Which things are you going to do? One shoe for the morning, one for the evening, slippers for this, another one for that, this for this. That, there's no space in the car for all your things. If you don't remove those type of things, you cannot be used. Some of you, you are too Ghanaian to be international. Yeah. Sometimes you see them when they are Sometimes I see my people, I, I watch them and I say, after, sometimes they say they are doing an international church, then you start to speak in a language, you're speaking tree, you're speaking gospel. Everybody, you see, one, one day I was in a tube in, in England, they have written on it, it said, it is rude to speak loudly in a foreign language that people don't understand. Once you are in the presence of somebody who does not understand the language that you are speaking, it is rude. And it is not appropriate because we don't know what you are saying. We don't understand what you are saying. And suddenly you tell you see, even when we went for our crusade in Togo, that was one of our problems. We, didn't, we, we were having an interpreter. And the crusade director, we didn't know what, what has he told when they, So what did they say? Said, oh, it's okay. They, they, they are okay with everything. At a point, he was not sure of what was happening. I had a similar problem in South America. At a point, I would tell my interpreter, tell them that this, tell them that this, and I'll ask him, what are they saying? It's Spanish. So what are they saying? At a point, I was not sure what he was telling them, what they were telling me. And you cannot undo, you, you cannot be international. And you see there's some of the pastors. You, 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 you have to Tear off certain things. Because my wife is here. She's the one who brings my, all my clothes. So if I spoil it now, but I want to. <laughs> Your things. Your outer covering. Your lack of education. Remove it. You can remove that thing that you didn't go to school. But you don't want to. Even reading, you will not read. So you always come as a fool. You always look as an un uneducated person, incapable of having certain people in your congregation. Because it's like when you speak bullets, 
Look, one day I took some people to a church. The pastor was shooting throughout. Oh no. You know, at a point, I became embarrassed. Because there were two ladies. And they laughed, <laughs> they laughed throughout. They couldn't believe that somebody can speak English like this. I said, I will never take them to that church again. Bullets. When the pastor said, open your eyes, said, open your eyes. <laughs> hey. It was wild though. They love <laughs> It was like a drama to them. You got to take it up. Dr. Audible, he's not an educated person. But he looks more educated than me. I'm not as dignified as he is. He's a very dignified, intellectual, a vice chancellor of a university. But I don't think he's even done his A-level. He's a chancellor of a university. He's, they call him, in his chair, they call him Doc. It me, nobody calls me Doc. I have been to medical school for seven years. Nobody calls me Doc. So you see, you can shed off that uneducated aura that is on you and put on an aura something else he 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 rent his clothes what he what he looked like he, he rent it he took it off Come on. and then he took up his father's mantle he took he took elijah's mantle because he understood he took what well, he know the meaning of the man how oh, you don't understand anything how come in the church nothing means anything to you the mantle that is lying there some of you would have left it Wow. Take it off. And then assume the appearance of your father. Because this is a man, the man always wore that thing. Anytime you see, you know that he's like Arafat. Remember Arafat? He had this black and white thing. When you see him, you know it's him. Then you, you assume. When people see, is it another Arafat who is coming? Then people begin to see you like the one who, who God gave you as a father. Wow. You pick it up. Tear your clothes. You pick it up. And then you know that it's, there is something in it. Then, then you start. You start. Where is the God of my father? What my father was able to do, may I also be able to do. What my father did, it is time for me to do what my father did. I can see a sign that it's now my turn. I can see a sign that this is my opportunity. I can see a sign that it's my chance also to have something to do. He rent his clothes. Come on, please. Some of you are too educated for God. You are just too educated for God's work. We, we can never escape the reality that you are educated. You are too refined for God's work and his house and his people. Some of you are too, too, too foreign. Too foreign. Some of you are too local. Tear off the locality. Tear off the foreignness. 
Tear off the phlegmatism. Tear off the sanguinism. Sanguinism is not compatible with responsibility and money and having money to use. You cannot be sanguine and control money. Tear it off. He rent his clothes. Enough of Elisha. Now Elijah. Enough of my old behavior. Wow! Tear it off! Put on something new. When you talk, nobody understands. Tear that one off and begin to be somebody who talks for people to understand what you are saying. When you preach, nobody can even hear the words you are speaking. When you preach, it's like you are screaming. Nobody can understand what you are saying. Why are you squealing? Scream. Tear it off. Learn how to reduce your tone and speak in a way so that when you speak, people don't feel that. Who is this woman? to dress. There are ladies like that. You can't be a good preacher without doing your hair. Tear off that not doing your hair thing. You are in Jerry Kells from January 1999 to 2048. In the same Jerry Kells. And take something new. Take the new mantle. Try to understand that now that you have seen those horses, the horses they told you that if you see the horses, if you see the horses, and you see the chariot, and you see me going, it's a sign that you have the anointing. So when you see the mantle on the floor, you pick it, but you tear your clothes off and put it on. How many things have happened in your life you couldn't see? You couldn't see. Jesus appeared to you. You couldn't understand. You had a dream. You couldn't understand. I've had one experience. I was sitting in my chair. Somebody came into my room like a real person. Only once. I've never forgotten it. It, it means something. A dream. A sign. God has allowed me to meet people, talk to people, know people. I don't take it for granted. I've, I've sat with people, they have told me in the first day that I meet them, they'll tell me about their lives, about their marriages, about things that cannot be said. They will tell me all. Why? God was showing me something. God was showing me things I can't read. It's not in a book. Nobody can write it. A man of God will not like to write it. Even if he's dead, he would not like to write it. Why? Why did you come here? How did you get here? What has brought you? Does it mean nothing to you? Please let it mean something. 
Do I know you? Some of you, I know you, even your name, I know your name. There are people here, I don't know your name. You know. Some of you, I even know your name. When I see you, I recognize. It means nothing to you. If you read the Bible, you see that it means something. So I'll call you by name. <laughs> I'll call you by your name. But it doesn't mean anything to you. One day I saw somebody who God had given an opportunity. But the person was phlegmatic. When it came to the work, phlegmatism was on. But when it came to children and looking after, then the, the person would tear off the phlegmatism. And you see another mantle. And when it comes to the house of work of God, uh, Bishop, I was, uh, you said I should come tomorrow. Sir. What time? 10 o'clock. Ah, okay, I'll try and come. But maybe if I'm late. <laughs> but when it comes to children, marriage, cholerism comes. And I saw that the person has not removed it. Thunder. Clothes. Some of you can't be rich because you can't give. It's in your family. Everybody in your family is Armstrong. Your mother is Armstrong. Your father is Armstrong. And you, 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 you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to give a seed. You don't know how to give a seed. God said, I sent you prophets. I sent you apostles. Some of them you killed them. Others you persecuted them. To kill a prophet means to silence his voice in your life. And others you build monuments to them. You just let them be there, but they, are not, they don't affect you. Tear it off. And pick. It's your turn, my brother. It's your turn. Pick it. Pick it up now. Pick it up. Stop being blind and dumb and deaf. You can't see. Receive an impartation of the Holy Ghost. Shandala Babaka Manasonde. Karonde Seberilo Samanandesh. Oh. Mama, Teliboro, Samale. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Marolos, Semberi, Delemem, Brenele, Dobrozon, Delebejam, Baranamande. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Thank Him that now you understand what everything means. Even the messages have, that have come as signs. Oh, Mama, Kabaran, Baralas. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Thank you. 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 Father, we thank you for your blessing today. Just thank God for speaking to you tonight. Thank God that signs will not come and pass. And you don't understand it. It's a sign. Father, we love you. We praise you. Put your hands on your head. Father, I pray for an impartation of understanding and wisdom, insight to what we are seeing, what, we are, what is happening. Father, open our eyes to see the devil when it is the devil. To see God when it is God. To see the meanings of things, the warnings that are being placed before us. We receive it, Lord.
we receive insight. There is somebody here. Something happened to your brother. Something happened to your colleague. God says it's a sign. You were supposed to learn something from that thing. There is somebody here. This is what the Lord is saying. There was a time you saw something happen to one of your brothers and sisters in relation to your father. And it was a sign of what happens to children when they dishonor their fathers and their mothers. So take heed because it will happen to you in the spiritual realm. It was a lesson for you to see what happens, how people turn out when they are disobedient and they dishonor their parents. Receive insight. It's a sign to me. I should watch myself. It's a message. You can't take it from anything that catches your attention from today. You see, you go through the day, many things will not catch your attention. But one thing will strike you very much. Remember, it's a sign. It's an I and my children. You see the pastor walking barefoot, you know, and with his bottom. And you notice, ah, Isaiah. He's not wearing shoes for three years. It strikes you. God is telling you, one day, this town, the people here will not wear shoes. Irene, can you hear me? Hear me well. May you see the signs oh, that are before you. You may not get any other. He said, no other sign will be given to them except this sign. The sign of Jonah. Hey! So sometimes when God gives something, that's the end. He has nothing further to say. Have you heard them in court? No further comments. I have nothing reasonable to add to what I have said. Finish. Wow. May God touch your heart to understand what he's saying. Father, may we not fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 56. It says his watchmen are blind. All of them know nothing. All of them are mute dogs unable to bark. Dreamers lying down who love to sleep. And the shepherds who have no understanding. The dogs are greedy and they are not satisfied. They have all turned to their own way. Each one to unjust gain. Dogs who cannot bark. Shepherds who have no understanding. Dreamers who just like, when you dream, you're supposed to wake up and write it, but you like sleeping. You like sleeping too much for a prophetism dream to enter you. Sleep too much. Father, thank you for your blessing. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.